You are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. FringeRadioNetwork.com Listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. Welcome, friends, for joining us for another episode of Earth Oddity. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. (laughs) It's a whole other year with Earth Oddity. That's right. That's impressive. Have, uh, Have you been enjoying your holidays, John? Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty wonderful. How was your Christmas? My Christmas was good. I have been, I know that not everybody out there is as fortunate as I am, but the plant where I work actually shuts down for Christmas at two weeks. Wow. And I have really been enjoying my time off uh, so much that I am completely unprepared for the show today. (laughs) So here, well, I'm unprepared for every show, so you're finally in the same boat with me. (laughs) Yes. I do think it's nice that, uh, your employer just decides for two weeks to celebrate the birth of our savior. So it's <laughs> very good of them to do that. Well, now hold on, hold on. They have a sign out front. Yeah. And they had welcome winter solstice. Oh, yeah. So, well, I mean, let's just keep lawsuits <laughs> off their back. We all know what's up. Though. They're shutting down for two weeks because they're celebrating solstice. My employer says you have to come back to work the day after Christmas and continue working, which is cool. I mean, because Jesus wasn't born on the 26th. That's right. He? he certainly wasn't. <laughs> you got to go. You know what work. you do on the 26th? You sell a lot of furniture because you got a big sale going on. Well, everyone's got their Christmas money. Right. And- yeah, yeah. And it's a good time of year. I mean, it's retail, so kind of like the restaurant business. If you get into retail and you're expecting to have a lot of holidays off, then you, you're... You're in the wrong business. Well, yeah, you're just dumb because like <laughs> you can't make money in retail or restaurants if you're closed. So you have to be open. That's just the way that works. So I'm not bitter about it at all. I, it's just my whole life's been that way, mm-hmm. at least adult wise. So, but I am a little jealous that you get two weeks to, to chill out and hang right. out. Yeah. I'm surprised Tara hadn't ran you off yet. Deidre and I, if we spend too much time together, we'll end up getting on each other's nerves. Right. You know? Because forever I've worked and she's worked and in our time together now we enjoy it because it's not like we're, you know, right by each other's side for mm-hmm. 24 hours a day. I could see if, if they were like, hey, John, take two weeks off of work and just hang out at the house. So Deidre would be like, let's find something for you to do. You know, <laughs> right? what about you go to Atlanta and pick up a, a bag of bananas for me or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just to get me out of the house. So. Well, anyways, we have a special episode today, right? I mean, kind yeah, of very like special. A, yeah, <laughs> special. all of our episodes are special. <laughs> special Ed, <laughs> yes, uh, special K. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of our episodes are special, but we're going to kind of talk about some of the most popular since we've been doing this for a year now. Yeah. A whole year. Thanks to all of our listeners. We have a ton. I mean, mm-hmm. really. I, more than I thought we would have. Yeah. More than January I January of 2000. I didn't think we would crack the Apple like top 10 podcast, but here we are. 
Still haven't cracked yeah, it. <laughs> still haven't cracked it. But, but we're closer now but I than hope, we were in January. I hope when I said that that sentence and there was like that like one second pause, someone out there was like, oh my goodness, did they really do that? You know, just like, yeah. But we have done way better than I thought we would do. Absolutely. I, I imagine it would be my mom and dad listening and that's about it. Maybe my aunt, you know, Joe, she listened some too. Wonderful lady played the piano at our Christmas Eve service here. Yeah. You know, which I thought you were skipping out on, but you <laughs> snuck know. in a little later than me and sat behind me. So, well, what were some of your favorite stories from 2018? Well, you know, like I've said, I've said this from the time we recorded it. My favorite story out of all of them was the Chinese funeral dancer story. <laughs> yes. I feel like we hit a home run with that one. And that was like early on, maybe like. That was episode seven. Episode seven. Wow. Yeah. And it was just perfect. You know, there's two things I like. It's death and strippers. And if you can combine those two (laughs) things. the Chinese have found a way to bring the two together. And that's why the Chinese are one of our oldest, most successful societies, because they found a way (laughs) to get them both together. And, uh, you know, we're going to play it here in a second. But if you don't remember, there's a uh, there's a growing or not a growing a tradition in China especially in the rural parts where right. they will get uh, dancers to show up at the funeral. And China, the Chinese government is trying to crack down on yeah, this. Yeah, right. They're not they're not, it's not a good it. look. Yeah, not a good look. But if you want to get people to your funeral, because they believe, you know, the more people at your funeral, the more honorable, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get some scantily clad ladies dancing on poles there, you'll turns get some out, people to show up. <laughs> turns out that increases attendance. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Well, speaking of funerals, I'll tell you what's else uh, very different would be a uh, certain Chinese funerals. Oh, have you yes. heard about this? I have. And, I have. Uh, <laughs> I'm very interested in it, by the way. <laughs> I don't know that Dieter would go for it. but <laughs> And just so everyone out there knows, this is going to be a heavily uh, churched up <laughs> rendition of this article. I'm not going to read it as it is. <laughs> and the headline is, China wages war on funeral dancers. Yeah. Wink, let's just, wink. Let's just say dancers. <laughs> yes. China has launched its latest crackdown against a phenomenon which just won't seem to die in rural areas. Funeral dancers. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> the Ministry of Culture said last month that it was targeting certain types of dances and other obscene and vulgar performances at funerals. Weddings. 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 You know, and here in America, that typically takes place like a night or two before. Yeah, right. Yeah. I didn't know you would do it. I don't think the bride would be down with it. I can't see Deidre being on like our wedding day at the reception. No. Of course, you know, we're Baptist. So there's no dancing anyways. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't square dance no. when we go to church. Oh, no. You can't even square dance. And other traditional Chinese New Year public gatherings, the war on dancers at funerals, has been a long one for China. Authorities first began clamping down on obscene performances in 2006. So this has been going on 12 years now. Mm-hmm. And launched a second campaign in 2015. I guess uh, the 2006 campaign was not as successful as they meant for it to be. <laughs> the latest is focused on 19 cities across four provinces. Uh, I'm going to do my yeah. best. Henan, Anjui, Jiangsu, and Herbei. A statement on the website of the Ministry of Culture said, Some communities in rural China reportedly believe that bigger attendances at funerals 
helps to honor the dead and bring right. them good fortune. That makes so sense. That, that, I mean, I guess that would be you a wanna, way to You want to bring in a crowd? <laughs> get some dancers at your funeral. Yeah. Some experts say the exotic shows pay tribute to fertility. Okay. According to the interpretation of cultural anthropology, the fate is originated from the worship of reproduction. Media professor Kong Hayan said, according to the Global Times, therefore the exotic performances at the funeral is just a cultural atavism. Atavism. Reports say the new campaign involves people being offered financial rewards to contact a special hotline to report funeral misdeeds. So this is just basically, hey, we need all you snitches (laughs) out there. We're going to reward you financially if you you call in to report your great-great-grandpa. This is taking see something, say something to a whole new level. Because if you see something, (laughs) you better say something. And if you go to Pawpaw's funeral, there's a good chance you're going to see something. Maybe you go to a funeral and you don't have any one, so you go call this hotline. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Media has often blamed the shows on the increasing decadence and materialism of Chinese families as the country opens up to the West. Okay. So I feel like this is basically them saying, hey, it's America's yeah. fault. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently this is the Southern Baptist sect uh, that's going against this in, in China. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that is bizarre. Yeah, that, you know. You know. I mean, it's a it's a big enough thing that you know the Chinese government is is trying to shut it down. Well, you know, if you're a father in China and you find out your daughter's dancing, that's got to be tough. If you're if you're a father anywhere, <laughs> right? That's that's a tough one to take. I would but, imagine one of the first questions you ask yourself is, you know, how did I do yeah, this? Where did I go wrong? <laughs> yeah. You know? But if you find out she's a funeral dancer, <laughs> that's got to really hurt. You know, I feel like. There are different establishments and different levels of the, you know, like there's super nice ones and then there's Wesley's in Summer, Summerton, Alabama that people know about. All right. So the, I didn't know, John. Okay. Well, <laughs> I thought you may have driven by at some point between Jasper and Birmingham. Right. But, uh, you know, the talent level at, you know, Wesley's is not going to be good at, say, as good as you would get in um, Las Vegas somewhere. Right. And from what I've told, I don't, you know, Mom, <laughs> I don't know for sure. I'm just going off of news articles I've read <laughs> and accounts from people. Um, but I imagine that the funeral level has got to be bottom wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Because, I mean, who's ever in the casket doesn't care. But I, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems to me like that would be bottom wrong. Right, and if you're a dad, you'd just be like, "Ah, oh, baby." I'm just you- imagining like the uh, the Yang Yang combination club <laughs> slash funeral party. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Where you go, you go to honor the dead. You know, it's got a buffet too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, picture a uh, a eulogy with this going on yeah. in the background. <laughs> And now, welcome to the main stage, Destiny. <laughs> Y'all give it up for Destiny. And for uh, John Long, who passed away. He is uh, survived in, in life by his wife and three children. <laughs> Don't forget to tip your bartenders and your dancers. Up Get next. your ones. Yeah. <laughs> The more you pay, the more they play. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, 
another story that we discussed going all the way back to episode one. Yeah. Now, technically, we had episode zero. That's true. But episode the hidden, one. The hidden episode. <laughs> Thunder in Paradise. Yes. We talked about uh, the false missile alert that went out in Hawaii. That's right. Do you remember that? Yes, yes, yeah. And I think that dude ended up getting in trouble, right? He got fired or something, didn't he? Yeah, the the governor of Hawaii, he couldn't yeah. tweet out that it was just a mistake because he did, if you remember, he didn't remember his Twitter right, password. Right, that's right, yeah. He got him in trouble. <laughs> How do you just not, are you not automatically logged in on Twitter? Yeah. Although, you know, I had Twitter for our phone or, you know, like the Earth Oddity Twitter on my right. phone and I accidentally logged out of it one time. So I could see that happening. And I've logged out of it again, uh, this time thinking I could log back in, but it was mm-hmm. like I got to text a code, and I knew you would get the code, so I just made a whole new Twitter. Right. So I now have a Twitter. I don't even know how to use it, and I've yet to follow Earth Oddity. So I'm sort of like the Hawaiian governor in a way. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how to use it. And then if you remember, a couple weeks after that, Japan – Yes. They had their own false That's missile right. alert yes. that yes. went out. Right. You remember, we did the news story about mm-hmm. the uh, Hawaiian missile alert. Mm-hmm. Japan, apparently, they sent out a false missile alert as well last week. Did you hear about that? Oh, I haven't. I mean, it's kind of flabbergasted that it would happen again. I've, I've got the article right here. Japan also sends out, then retracts, a false missile warning. This is from NPR. It says, Japan's public broadcaster sent out a false alert warning of a North Korean missile on Tuesday, just three days after the Hawaii residents received an erroneous message about an incoming missile. North Korea appears to have launched a missile. The government urges people to take shelter inside buildings or underground, the message read, according to a translation from Reuters. The false warning went out just before 7 p.m. in the evening through broadcaster NHK's Japanese mobile app and website. It was corrected 10 minutes later, so good job, guys. It took us 38 minutes. It took 18 minutes for an email to go out. And I don't know about you, but I don't just stay glued to my inbox. Yeah, no. You know, I usually check it once right. a day. Yeah. And another 20 minutes after that, before uh, subsequent alerts went out on TV and radio. Well, they handled it a lot faster than us. I will say our Asian brothers and sisters usually prove to be a little more efficient than we are in things like building cars and, and you know, stuff like that. So it makes you know, sense. Uh, I actually have some audio here of oh, yeah? the alert that went out. Okay. Would you like to hear it? I would. And true, they're probably a little more prepared with Godzilla having, you know, right. ransacked their country before. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're ready to go. I've got an article right here that was put out December 18th of this year. So just a couple weeks ago, the Senate passed the Ready Bill, which was the Reliable Emergency Alert Distribution Improvement Act. OK, which was supposed to kind of beef up our uh, our emergency broadcast system. Yeah. That was done partially in response to the far, false nuclear missile alert that went out huh. way back at the beginning of the year. So who says that our government doesn't work? I mean, they that's were, right. They're on top of they're this. on top of things. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that we got to pass a bill. We probably need to beef up the emergency broadcast system, but 
you know, it seems like you just go to the people that are there and like, look, don't hit this button unless something's really going down. Mm-hmm. You know, like that seems like a simple training session we can have. And if you do hit it, we're going to let you go because you're going to cause mass panic. Right. But I don't know. And they did for, how, what was it, 20 minutes, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah, People were freaking out for sure. I know I would have been. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah, probably would have been. I would have been like, you know, now's the time to go rob a bank. <laughs> I would have probably been like, I know my wife would have been like, let's, you know, hold our kids. And I would have been like, let's find a hotel room. Yeah, like, let's hold each other, baby. You know? <laughs> kids, y'all go to your room. Mom and dad needs to talk about building a house. Right? Is that what you guys say? That's what I say. Hey, you guys go to your room. We need to talk about building a house. Don't come out till we come and get you. <laughs> what else happened in 2018? Well, we have the St. Francis of Xavier's arm story. Yeah. To where they were taking his arm on a trip around Canada, yeah. if I remember correctly. Went on a Canada nationwide tour. Yes, you're right. Just to show off his arm. So, Frank. Francis. I'm just, can I just call him Frank? <laughs> yeah. I want to call him Frank. He seems like a Frank. <laughs> y'all, y'all were very close, yeah, so I'm right. sure. <laughs> we're buddies. He was Frank to you. Yeah. So his arm is responsible. Well, I, I the rest of his body too, but they say his arm baptized like hundreds of thousands of people in Asia. Right. He was a missionary. And so they cut it off. And, and they cut preserved it off. Preserved it. Preserved it. Got a nice little case for it. Gold that, case. Yeah. I mean, super. And they were flying it around. Got to get a separate seat for it on the airline <laughs> yeah. and all that. And I thought that was a really good story we did. So that one's that stuck out of my mind is a memorable story. Well, our next story comes from uh, the BBC, and it is uh, St. Francis Xavier's forearm is set for a cross-country tour and will get its own seat on Canada Air. Just his forearm? The Catholic Church has come together and decided that Canada needs a hand. And they're sending uh, St. Francis Xavier's. <laughs> <laughs> Need a hand. St. Francis Xavier's forearm set for cross-country tour. Uh, Angel Renner says traveling with the country with the 465-year-old severed right forearm of St. Francis Xavier will be like doing a road trip with a friend. Okay. I can't wait to see the buddy comedy. Yeah. That, oh, no. <laughs> movie that this is based on. <laughs> I mean, I know it's just bones, but connected to that is a living friendship with St. Francis Xavier, Renier, the co-founder of Ottawa's Catholic Christian Outreach, told As It Happens guest host Helen Mann, I'm sure there'll be a lot of interesting conversations as we go around. I'm sure. Conversations with the hand? I don't know. You think maybe he takes it and like holds it up and does like the <laughs> sock puppet? <laughs> Renair will accompany the sacred Catholic relic from Rome to Ottawa before embarking on a 14-city tour of Canada. We're very nervous, first of all, of exposing it to the cold of Canada. I enlisted some women to make me a coat for him, you know, <laughs> so... Shouldn't it be sleeve? Yeah. <laughs> Not a coat. Yeah, they don't need a whole coat. Yeah. <laughs> well, a glove really would probably do. Yeah, yeah, just a glove. Or as they would say, a hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, she said the church has provided her with a duffel bag lined with foam specifically made for transporting the relic. Okay. The saint will, however, get its own seat on the flight. Well. I would lean over and be like, hey, are you going to eat your peanuts? <laughs> yeah. <right>. <laughs> Can <laughs> I have your peanuts? Oh, he's having a bourbon and coke. <laughs> <laughs> he came to faith at the university. St. Francis Xavier was born in 1506 into Spanish nobility. 
1525, he attended the University of Paris, where he is largely remembered for being popular and sporty. Hmm. He was an athlete. Yes, he was the cool guy. He was the athletic guy. Probably partying. Partying. Can you say that for me, John? Partying. Thank you. More than doing his schoolwork. So somehow the agreement was made for the arm to go to the mother church in Rome. It's his right arm. So it's the arm that he would have used to baptize and heal and do amazing things with. We want to touch most of Canada with it, which I like to, I like to, I like to picture her actually holding the arm out and touching people. You're just slapping them across the face. Us Baptists aren't up on our saints as right. much as we should be. Yeah, right. I mean, He was converting people left and right all over Asia and everything. I read a little bit about him. but So we're not all up on our saints. Uh, if you don't make a talk-to-the-hand joke at least once a day with that thing, then you're not doing your duty as a human. Uh, because you know, every time somebody asks me, Hey, give me a hand with this. I would hand it over. Yes. (laughs) Like somebody's just getting on your nerves. You like whip that out of your purse or she whips it out (laughs) of her purse. Like just talk to the hand (laughs) or uses a fly swatter. Oh yeah. You're flipping pancakes with it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's got that nice like case. You'll see it in the show notes. You know, if you want to go click on the the link, (laughs) it's got to have a little smell to it. Yeah. Maybe it smells like jerky. What if it does? He's like <laughs> hungry all day. You know, man, I got a craving for some beef jerky. <laughs> I would have a, a lot more. That's probably why they would never let me take around a bitterated saint. But hand. I think St. Francis Xavier, like if he was around, I think he would laugh. I yeah, think he would right. think it was great. They described you know? him as like a really cool dude. So yeah, I, think I would, he would love be like, it yes. if my arm, like, you know, 500 years in the future was yeah. making its way around. I would love for, you know... <laughs> Guys to be, you know, swatting guys on the butt with it or whatever. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, be hilarious. Yeah, give him a good job, Pat. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I found out that Xavier, the college in Cincinnati, is named after him. Mm-hmm. But their mascot's the Musketeers. And I think you would do like something with the arm. Like having like a skeletal arm logo seems <laughs> really cool for sports teams. Much better than a Musketeer. Right. Because, you know, a Musketeer's like. Oh, what could they be? The relics? Or... Oh, yeah. The relics sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. The Xavier relics. The Xavier relics. Yeah. Like yeah. The Xavier baptizing forearms. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was like. You're getting dunked on, son. They're a big basketball school, you know? Yeah. Oh, man, their school. logo could be the, the arm yeah, with, with the a basketball yeah, right. fixing a slam fixing dunk. Fixing a slam. That's amazing. <laughs> we should put a call in, you know? Yeah, we should. Like, hey, let us rework your logo. Musketeers need to become problematic, like Native American stuff, you know? Yeah, get ahead of it. Yeah, right. Let's get ahead yeah. of that. We just need to start a little bit of outrage online, like, <laughs> you know, about musketeers somehow. Right. They're, they're like French sword fighters, right? Isn't that what a musketeer is? Well, there were three of them. Yeah, I know that <laughs> much from the, from the candy aisle. I know that <laughs> yeah. much. But yeah. but yeah, they were French, though, uh-huh. right? And so. something about nougat was in oh, there yeah. somewhere. Yes, there's some nougats and some <laughs> caramel. <laughs> Another story that we talked about this year was about the ATIP program. Do you remember that? The ATIP, yes. That's uh, aliens, right? Sort of. Yeah. That was a Pentagon program that was passed in the Senate. I believe it was, uh, what's that called when a senator, like the main sponsor of the bill, I think was Harry Reid, 
Yeah. And it stood for Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Oh, yeah. A-TIP. A-TIP, for yeah. short. That's what all, of us, all the insiders call it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this came out, you know, early on. Mm-hmm. This was episode nine. Ooh. So. We are hitting the hits, man. <laughs> I know. We're hitting the hits. Uh, the reason I want to talk about this is because there was a documentary that came out earlier this year. Ooh, and I like know, a documentary. <laughs> well, now it was put out by the the UFO believers, the, the ones who were, you know, died in the wool yeah. ufologist or whatever. Right. But uh Mr. Jeremy Corbell, he did manage to point out some very uh, from some very close association between Bob Bigelow and Harry Reid. Bob Bigelow, male gigolo? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> um, gigolo aerospace. Yeah, yeah, gigolo aerospace. <laughs> yeah. They fly dancers to Chinese funerals. Did you know? And the International Space Station. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, he says that a lot of that money went to study a haunted ranch and you went to basin in okay. Nevada. All right. So, and that's what we're spending <laughs> that's our money what on. We're spending our money on it's your tax dollars at work, people. <laughs> tax dollars at work. It, and people ask me why I'm for anarchy. <laughs> yeah, it helps to have uh, friends in the Senate, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. If you got a, I, I should, I should make friends with senators. <laughs> you really I should. do know a state representative pretty well. Uh, small potatoes. Yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> Get up, he ain't gonna do anything for me. <laughs> But, well, it is Alabama, though, and our state government's notoriously corrupt, so. Nope. Well, maybe. Yeah. I'm just saying, Kyle, give me a call, buddy. Maybe we work something out. <laughs> well, what we got? Uh, we got the Pentagon's mysterious project breathes new life into UFO research. Um, there we go. <laughs> you may be aware, uh, back, I guess it was the end of last year uh, mm-hmm. or late last year, that uh, the Pentagon revealed its secret project to identify or to investigate unidentified flying objects. Yeah, the AATIP, yeah, I believe. The Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. And uh, months later, it says there is still earth shaking news. To, this is still earth shaking news to those eager for the truth. That's because the last known government program to investigate UFO encounters, the Air Force's Project Blue Book, which is huge if, mm-hmm. if you know anything about UFOs. That was in the 50s, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, officially ended uh, 50 years ago in 1969. Uh, the researchers in this area, all the crazy people that you make fun of who say they believe in <laughs> UFOs, yeah. uh, have always speculated and wondered what is going on behind the scenes. Is there a government investigation into this stuff? Uh, and now we know the answer is yes, uh, one of the researchers said. It just establishes a credibility for the topic for people to know that our government takes it seriously enough to have put financial resources into it and to have studied it for all these years. Which leads to a question that's not brought up in this article that I have. Mm-hmm. is uh, we Congress funds the military, and right. I would feel like there would be a line item somewhere for this is our <laughs> UFO hunting program. Right. You know, like how did they hide that money? That seems like maybe we should launch an investigation into that. That's a good question. I do, like, I've heard that a lot of this is handled by private companies. Okay. You know, and that's how they hide the stuff. All right. But uh, this, this, I mean, obviously this was not. I mean, but what's the line from uh, Independence Day? Do you really think they paid five thousand dollars for a hammer yeah right yeah like that no that's true that's very true uh according to the times uh, 22 million was spent on aatip from 2007 through the end of yeah (laughs) aatip 
double uh, A tip. Uh, through the end of 2011, and all of the funding stopped, Keene said the project did not. Uh, we know that this program existed, and it still existed, and it is investigating military cases and very significant cases of pilot encounters with these objects, which is one of the videos that was released were like a couple of pilots who saw mm-hmm. some unidentified I remember that. Yeah. flying objects. Well, and one of the things one of the researchers wanted to make clear was that unidentified flying objects are not necessarily space spacecraft piloted by extraterrestrials. Right. Um, it says you can't take the leap of looking at something that's unexplained and then assuming that it's alien. Um, but one of the encounters ATIP investigated involved UFOs that appeared to do incredible things that no known aircraft is capable of. Uh, it says about 13 years ago, numerous members of the military spotted mystery objects off the coasts of San Diego. These objects in uh, in this one incident in 2004 were actually observed coming in from outer space. They came in and then they went out up into the sky. So whatever that means, that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. They were also seen to be able to move very, very fast from one space to another, way faster than any airplane could do. Um, says professional people feel like they're going to get laughed at if they believe this right. stuff. So this gives some validation for them. It's the same problem for scientists and academic institutions and universities and research f- facilities who want to work on this topic, but they feel that it would be detrimental to their careers. So, you know, everyone's afraid that if they come out and go, you know, I'm looking for UFO yeah. stuff that they're going to be ridiculed and ostracized. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> Have you ever, you ever had a UFO encounter? No, I have not had a UFO encounter, but I do, I have always been fascinated with the whole UFO topic. Me too. And I feel like a lot of times, just like it says in the article, you know, you want to bring it up and talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of get ridiculed, you know, and that's really a shame because I feel like sometimes we look at the most absurd cases and, right. you know, it gets ridiculed, but then you kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. There are some pretty interesting cases. Yes. I will say, and I'm talking about my personal opinion, this is a... Uh, this is Tiny's yeah. thought on this whole situation. I am not convinced that aliens are coming and visiting planet Earth from some far-off solar system. Now, I can't prove that they are or they're not. Maybe. Aliens may or may not be out there. I don't. If they are, I don't think they're coming here just because of the vast distances that right. they would have to transverse to get here. Yeah. However, uh, I am totally convinced that there are advanced aircraft out there employed by our uh, government and governments of others around the world that 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 could, I, that could you know yeah. account for a lot of this yeah i um, think that's probably a likely scenario yeah, it's kind of occam's razor you know yeah the simplest explanation is usually usually the the better right. one um i do know that there have been ufo cases like back in the you know forties and fifties, and mm-hmm. where the CIA come out later and said, okay, that was us. That yeah, was the right. you know SR seventy one Blackbird yeah, or Blackbird. whatever. Yeah, right. But I don't and, know. I and and one say. thing that's often mentioned, you know, one of the th- the first things you hear is, you know, this is no known aircraft could could possibly do what these things are doing, right? Because the forces that are being exerted on this object would kill yeah. anyone who's in the in the craft, right? But I say, who says there's a pilot that's in the craft? Right. The pilot could be sitting on a laptop somewhere. Yeah, right, yeah, with drone technology. You, now, know, so you if, never know. If you don't have a human pilot piloting this craft, the only thing you're limited by are the materials of the craft yeah. itself. Yeah, that's true. So that's my personal opinion. I think these are super right. advanced drones out there whizzing around doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And the reason we don't know about it is because it provides some kind of strategic advantage. Right. That they don't want, you know, other nations. And also... 
you know, I'm not sure, you know, how... I mean, obviously, if this craft is traveling at speeds and able to perform maneuvers that would kill a human occupant, that's not going to benefit, you know, the yeah. the public transportation, so yeah. you know. Right. And so there's just no reason to talk about it. That's my personal opinion. Well, what else we had? Um, well, those were the two that I remember. <laughs> Did I say I was going to talk about? Oh, No. We do have the vampire facials. Yes, vampire yes. facials. Vampire facials is a very popular story we did. This was requested for us to review yes, in right. our Facebook group, and yes. I really don't remember anything about it. Do you? I don't either, so let's listen to it together and remember what it was about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Everyone's into, you know, we all want to look younger. We all want to look better. Um, and so I'll just read the headline here. Vampire facial becomes actual horror as New Mexico spa clients face HIV testing. Oh. The vampire facial was suppo- was only supposed to sound scary. Sure, it involves extracting the patient's own blood isolating the platelet-rich plasma by spinning it in a centrifuge and then re-injecting it into the face, but the results are touted to be rejuvenated, smooth, and supple skin. Not an HIV or hepatitis scare, as clients of the VIP spa in Albuquerque are now facing. Health officials say those who receive the vampire facial there, which I feel like we could have got a better name, you know? (laughs) Well, maybe that was the whole point. Is, I don't know. You know. I mean, if you're branding something, wouldn't you want to go like, come get the Fountain of Youth facial or something like that? I don't know. We're living in strange times. Yeah, that's and true. maybe you could just as easily say, hey, do you want to be immortal? Yeah, come get right. the vampire facial. And never go in the sun <laughs> or look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> never age another day. I was saying, if I was on their <laughs> ad team, I would have been like, hey, guys, let's rethink the vampire facial. You know, let's. Let's get a little. I know Halloween's coming up, but let's <laughs> let's get a little more. We want to reach a broader audience. How here. about this? Call it something else, but call it Vampire Facial for the month of October. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> but I mean, we want to reach more than just the goth kids at school. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like we want to hit everybody with it. All right. Anyways, um, the health officials say those who receive the Vampire Facial there or any other type of injection-related service at the spa between May and June were potentially put at risk of contracting a blood-borne disease. The New Mexico Department of Health is urging them to come for free HIV, hepatitis B, and hepatitis C testing, as well as free counseling. The department was tipped off after a spa client developed an infection that may have resulted from a procedure performed by the VIP spa. Health and state regulatory officials performed an inspection and found problems with needle storage, handling, and disposal. A health department spokesman told NPR, while it is still early in the investigation, no other infections have been identified. Um, Spa owner Lucy Ruiz was not licensed to perform the procedures because she is not a medical professional. I was going to bring that up, too. I'm glad they addressed (laughs) that. Um, Ruiz defended her use of the treatment, saying she only uses disposable needles. I open them in front of my clients every time they come, Uh, Ruiz told the Albuquerque news station KOAT-TV. Um, she added that she is cooperating with the state officials uh, and encourages clients who are worried to get tested. I want everybody to be sure, everybody to be happy, and to know they don't have anything. 
For now, the New Mexico Regulation and Licensing Department has shut down the facility while, investi- while the investigation is ongoing. Vampire facials have been growing in popularity thanks in part to selfie-happy celebrities touting their benefits. Got a picture of uh, Kim Kardashian here with, it just looks like somebody's beat her up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just... Just looks like she's been, that facial is not doing its job yeah. if that's the end result. It <laughs> looks like she's been punched a few times. <laughs> looks like she went on a date with Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Joshua Ziekener, assistant professor of dermatology at New York's Mount Sinai Hospital, writes that the platelet-rich plasma contains growth factors that have been purported to stimulate the growth of collagen in healthy skin cells. He adds that the procedure is safe, even though pain and bruising may occur. Doctors, especially in sports medicine, have also used a treatment known as platelet-rich plasma therapy in a bid to soothe inflamed tissues and help injuries recover faster. Um, The Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons says lab studies show the increased concentration of growth factors in PRP can potentially speed up the healing process. Hmm. So anyways... Big thing here for this lady is she was not licensed to do any of this, right. Mr. Ruiz, at her spa. So, uh, but also, where was the spa at? New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Where, See, <laughs> if she's going to do this kind of stuff and not have any you know, like registration to do it, it needs to be in Mexico, Mexico. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. You can get away with it down there. Yes, but uh, you know, look, ladies and men too. Uh, Look, let's all just be happy being ugly. Like, I, I'm, I've been an advocate for this for a long time, you know? Like, there's a lot of pressure on us from, you know, all external media and, and everything else to live up to some sort of beauty standard. But let's all just be happy being ugly. And it would just, like, be a load off of everybody's shoulders, you know? Right. As If you know me, I've been happy being ugly for a long time, you know? Sometimes to a fault, but... uh yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I, I don't. I don't know why. If someone was like, "Hey, let's go and look and maybe get these shots in our face of plasma and everything," I would be like, "No, no, I'm out. I'm out on that. <laughs> I don't even like getting shots when I got the flu." So, right. Anyways, and that was a really funny story <laughs> that we remember everything about. <laughs> I'm so glad now we I remember. I'm glad we were able to enjoy it again with you guys. <laughs> Listen to us. Vampire uh, facial. Yes. And I do remember Lindsay did ask, uh, she said her favorite parts were embarrassing stories I told about myself. <laughs> yes. Um, Unfortunately, ha- there's not show notes or links for those. No, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember which ones were her favorite, but I have a new one I okay. can talk about. When I was a kid, my dad, everybody knows my dad's run a grocery store longer than I've been alive. Mm-hmm. And I would go and stay at the grocery store all the time. Well, you know, grocery stores have automatic doors. Not this is before the sliding technology came to Fed Alabama. Mm-hmm. The door would open and close like a normal door. Well, I was playing behind the cigarette rack in the front of the store. You had to keep cigarettes in front because people steal cigarettes, you know? Right. This is before they would even. They put them behind the counter. It was just a big display. Mm-hmm. And it had an empty space behind it. And I would get back there. Had to crawl in between the window and all that. And I was playing. And I decided to get out one time. And so as I was crawling out, my head was sticking in the open doorway. 
and the door closed on my head. Oh, no. And so I was trapped in this door. And Explains like, so much. I know. On my head. While customers and employees and everyone else laughed at me. <laughs> and I don't now I've thought about it a lot as an adult, but uh, you know, they had to like basically pry my head out of this door. Um, but I don't know why we just didn't get someone to go outside and act like they were coming in. And so the door would just open up and let me go. Right. So here I am like crying and everything <laughs> with my head stuck in a door at my dad's grocery store. So, uh, but maybe there was like a safety mechanism that made it stop. I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, this was like the early eighties. So right. there's probably no safety mechanisms, but so I've had my head caught in a door before, and so I hope you enjoy that, Lindsay. We can talk about it again. I don't have any scars. I didn't have to get stitches. One of the few times in my life I didn't get stitches, but um, I've had my head caught in a grocery store door before. So, All right. Yeah, somebody topped that out there. 2018, we saw elections. Oh, yeah. We had the devotee of, of Bigfoot erotica yes. win yeah. his seat in the Congress. That's right, yes. But not only here in America, we had uh, elections all over right. South America as well. Yeah. And one election between Hitler and Lenin <laughs> to be mayor. That's right, yes. And that was in uh, Argentina, was that correct? It was the district of Young R, oh, and yeah. that was in Argentina. Yeah, right. I believe. Yeah. Well, our next story is about Hitler. Okay. <laughs> and that's, Everybody loves that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely, I mean, Hitler is going to grab some headlines. Oh, yeah, and for He sure. is grabbing headlines now. The headline here is, in Peru, Hitler runs for mayor despite threat from Lenin. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, let's get another, let's get mix all the dictators in. Pinochet, <laughs> I mean, who else are we going to get? <laughs> this comes from Reuters. In Peru, Hitler hopes to return to power in a small town in the Andes despite a threat from a detractor named Lenin. Campaign slogans reading, Hitler returns... And Hitler with the people have appeared around the island <laughs> town of Yungar, where local politician Hitler Alba is seeking a new term as mayor. I tell you what, man. Uh, I mean, that's a tough name to get saddled with. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's really tough. <laughs> I really thought that post-1945, we would have no more Hitlers. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, you'll hear about some, uh, you know, like Klan member from Kentucky named right. Baby Adolf or something like that. But I mean, in general, you don't you don't see too many no too many Hitlers around. It's I mean, do you, do you hate your kid? Yeah, I mean, really, like, what are you trying to saddle that kid with for the rest of their life? Even if you're one of those horrible, horrible racist people, and you think that you know Hitler was uh, you know the greatest thing right. since sliced bread, right? You got to understand, you were in like a point zero 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 percent of minority, very small minority, and your kid, you're saddling him with this huge burden. He's probably right. going to grow up to hate you too, and exactly. hate his own name. He's, Once he gets, he's going to change it to Meta World Peace as soon right. as he gets a chance. You know. <laughs> I mean, once he gets beaten up every day on the school bus, I mean, <laughs> yes. he's going to be like, I hate my parents. I hate my parents and everything they stand for. Don't name your kids Hitler. No. But he says, quote, I'm the good Hitler. Okay. <laughs> Alba told a local broadcaster, RPP. 
Stressing that he rejects what Nazi dictator Adolf Hitler stood for, Alba says he wants to oversee a fair and transparent government in Yungar, which is a farming town in Peru's central Andes. But Alba's campaign this year came under attack by, get this, Lenin Vladimir Rodriguez Valverde. What the, what the people in Peru? I mean, oh. is it like a thing? I don't know. Well, you know, a lot is of there Nazi- a bunch of people from 4chan who live in South I America. So. I'd say a lot of Nazis, you know, fled to South America, but mainly to Argentina, right. from what I remember. Mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, they can spread around. And I suppose so. This is like, you know, the. I guess if Papa was named Hitler, you'd get named <laughs> Hitler too. I don't know. Says uh, electoral authorities rejected the request last week, allowing Hitler to appear on voting cards for the October seventh elections. So he actually had to, I guess, you know, petition to get yeah. his name on there. That doesn't seem fair. Jeff, dude. I mean, you can't help what your name is, <laughs> I know. but you can't change it. True, that's true. <laughs> but everybody call me George. Yeah. You know, in Peru and elsewhere in Latin America, parents often choose foreign and exotic sounding first names for their children despite negative associations abroad. Okay, so that, okay. There that we explains go. it. Okay, that explains it. Probably should have read the whole article before we started talking about <laughs> Last year, an Osama bin Laden <laughs> was named to Peru's national juvenile football team. <laughs> Not bin Laden. Yeah, ben. bin Laden. <laughs> Let's call him Vinny, guys. Let's call him Vinny. My cousin Vinny. <laughs> Alba said his father was unaware of who Adolf Hitler was. Oh, come on. You can't be unaware of <laughs> you that. You can't be unaware of For that. For real. I mean, I know you're in Peru, but still. In our day and age, he is he is the boogeyman. He yeah, is, he's by far He's the like worst. second to... Well, Donald Trump's first. <laughs> well, okay, it's the devil, Adolf Hitler, <laughs> yeah, Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Those are the top three big right. bad boogeyman go, in our go, day and age. Uh, if we go in top four, I would uh, put Obama under Trump. <laughs> all right? Because yes. you're getting both sides there. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'd put Hillary above Obama. Oh, yeah. That's probably yeah. true. Yeah, Hillary, then Obama. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Man. Okay, so you got that. You got the devil, Satan himself. This week, this week on Earth Oddity, top five bad guys. <laughs> That's right. Number five, Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Number yeah. four, Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Clinton. Number three, Donald, Donald, Trump. Donald J. Trump. <laughs> number two, Adolf Hitler. Yeah. And number one, Lucifer himself. Lucifer, yeah. If I'm just going off of my Facebook feed, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot. We could throw Mao in there. We could throw uh, Pol Pot. We could throw. There's a lot of people we could throw in there. Lenin, you know? Quit Stalin. Stalin. Quit Stalin, John. (laughs) Stalin, Stalin. I can make a strong case for Stalin. But I'm just talking about what gets posted on my Facebook feed every day by people that I'm friends with. You should pay more attention to your marks. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, anyways, but that's wild. How can you? I mean, I, I mean, I get exotic names. We all want to have a our child with a unique, you know, name or something like that. Right. uh, But goodness gracious, Hitler and Lenin. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, like out of the two people you (laughs) could pick out of everywhere. That's wild. He does say here that after he learned the history behind his name, he considered changing it, but he eventually learned to accept it. Yeah. I mean, I would probably, if you're down in Peru, it's probably not that big a deal. I mean, especially when, you know. Yeah. (laughs) When you're going to watch Osama bin Laden yeah, right, play on the football team, right, yeah. which I'm sure is soccer down there, got to be, got to be. They're not playing American <laughs> so, rules football, but yeah, but that's I, a that's a tough one for sure. I'm thankful because that does allow headlines such as uh, Hitler runs for mayor despite threat from Lenin. Yes, here right. in America. Yes. 
Anyway, here's a quick update. Uh, Hitler won. Okay. So. Good for Hitler. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I want to go on record again that we are an anti-Nazi podcast. But, but we're not talking about the Nazi right. Hitler. We're talking right. about the South American yeah, Hitler. We're, we're pro-good Hitler. Yes. Anti-bad Hitler. <laughs> Bad Hitler. Yeah. And it's a shame that your parents named you that. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to get saddled with. Well, I think he says here in this article that, you know, for him, living where he's at, just exotic European names right. were just kind of a rage when he was when his mom was pregnant with him. And right. so there's, well, I mean, he was running against Lenin. There's Hitler's, Lenin's, Stalin's, yes. you name it. Well, you know, and I... uh I think we brought this up when we were when we were talking about the story originally, right? Um, but you know, there's like all these rumors that Nazis fled to Argentina after the war. So yeah, I imagine maybe maybe his granddad was Hitler. I don't know, you know, or one of Hitler's friends, and the name's just been handed down over time. Maybe, <laughs> maybe so. I don't know. I don't want to put that on the good Hitler though, right? You know? You would definitely go with, no, we just like exotic names, even if you're like grandpappy was best friends with Hitler or something. So, If your name was Hitler, could you pronounce it a different way to try to get away from the negative connotations? I don't know. Hitler. <laughs> it's like it's kind of so a Spanish. Close. Yeah. They like speak. if your name is Dirt, you can say Dierte. Yeah, right. <laughs> like Joe Dierte did. Joe Dierte. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can escape Hitler. That's tough. You know, Hitler ruined that name and the mustache, you know, like the Hitler mustache for everybody. <laughs> yes. You know, like that should tell you about how bad of a man he is where he took an entire like facial hair, you know, a style off of the market for the rest of history. Yes. Although Michael Jordan did have a little one in a Hanes commercial a few years ago, but I think he had like thinned out the side so much, but yeah. left the middle that it looked more like a Hitler than it, it wasn't like a true Hitler. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I have shaved my mustache down into a Hitler mustache before. <laughs> right before you got rid of it all together. Yeah, right. Yes. Just to be like, oh, I wonder what this would look like. And I look like Hitler. <laughs> I did. I did. I have a picture somewhere I'll show you later. I'll have to find it. <laughs> you let a picture get taken? <laughs> I took a picture of myself. Oh, man. Well, you're not going to do a Hitler mustache and not... <laughs> Take a picture of yourself, right? Well, like you said, you can never run for public office. Yeah, that's so. already off the table anyways. If that came out, though, that would be horrible. You know? That would be really horrible. Oh, mercy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then, and then also we had this story about Nexium. Do you remember that? We had a huge, yes. I think we had a 30-minute long discussion at the very, at the tail end of an episode to talk about nothing but Nexium. And <laughs> <laughs> I, just for the record, I just showed Tiny the picture of me. <laughs> I look like Hitler, don't I? Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy. There you go. <laughs> anyway. You'll we... get that if you subscribe to the Patreon account. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get started. Yes. That'll be our cover image for it. <laughs> Oh, man. Mm. That's good stuff. Well, back in episode 13, so this was <laughs> this was pretty early on, too. Yes. We talked about Nexium, which was a cult run by yeah. Keith Ranieri. Mm-hmm. 
And and it's like main girl was Allison, Allison Mack, Mack who right. used to be on the show Smallville. Smallville. Yeah. Yes. Right. And she They were doing some weird stuff. She was in charge of a secret sorority. Mm. I don't remember the name of the sorority. It was like yeah, I don't remember either. The the Golden Triangle. <laughs> the Golden Shower. <laughs> that wasn't it. Yeah, she got in some trouble. He got in some trouble because they were taking photos of these women and they were threatening to release them if they didn't do what they said they would do. Yeah. He was making them work for free and also (laughs) provide favors. Wink, wink. Wink, nudge. Yes. And, well, they got caught. He fled to Mexico. They got him anyway. He was extradited back to the United States. The thing I remember most about this episode was I spent so long you went editing down a this hole, episode. Right? Not only researching it, but also editing it. Yeah. And uh, my wife, Tara, was like, why are you spending so much time on this episode? And I told her, look, this is going to be the one. This is going to be big news. This is going to be the episode everybody listens to. Uh-huh. Didn't happen. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what? I think it's a good episode anyway. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> John, have you ever heard of Nexium? Uh, well, sort of, <laughs> sort of. You, we, we yes. had a little comment. I didn't get all the way into the article, so yes. Now, this is not the antacid medication, oh. Nexium. <laughs> this is Nexium, spelled N-X-I-V-M. Okay, that makes no sense to me. No, but Nick, I guess that makes Nix, sense to Holly weird people. I guess Nexium, Nexium. That's what I would say. Nixabum. Uh, I mean, I've, I saw in multiple articles, it is pronounced Nexium, just right. like the antacid. Piggybacking on an antacid train. <laughs> yes. If you got heartburn problems, join our cult. <laughs> well, there is a man, and his name is, and I want everyone to know out there, I got one article here that I'm kind of going to, you know, use to keep you know track of the situation somewhat, but yeah. I I dove down the rabbit it hole deep, this last week. I read a bunch of articles about it, and so a lot of this I'm going to be speaking from memory. I do have a page of uh, horribly scribbled notes. To <laughs> I go saw from. That. That's like more prepared than we've ever been for anything. So, yes. all right. At home, I just about had the <laughs> yeah, like the a yarn, board, the yarn going <laughs> from different tax, places, the thumbtacks yes. and everything. Yeah, there is a self help group. Mm-hmm. They would say not a cult, no. but there's a self help group called right. Nexium. It is. It was started in 1998. Okay. by a very how would you say charismatic individual yeah. named Keith Ranieri? Keith Ranieri. Now he, you probably haven't heard that name before. If you have, he ran sort of a pyramid scheme back in before that. I think it was called Consumers Direct or Buyers Direct. Uh, His next big enterprise was Nexium. All right. Now Nexium is uh, a self-help group. It's basically. You pay all these thousands of dollars, and you go to these classes, these seminars. Yeah. You know, you can sign up for these retreats and, you know, it, it combines, you know, new age things and, and it focuses on looking within and introspection. Sure. And yeah. Probably got you, some crystals involved, I <laughs> probably. imagine. Yeah. And then if you pay all this money and you go through all these classes, it's going to make you a better person. And then you're just going to go out there and be successful of course. because you've listened to all these yeah. lectures and yeah. now you know the secret, you know. Right. You know, you, yeah. I mean, the world and yes. its negative energy has been holding you back. This was started in 1998 right. and... It, I don't know how quick how quickly it, it took to blow up, but yeah. he started trying to court you know uh, you know actresses, actors, actresses, smart move, uh, millionaires, yeah, you know people with a lot of money, a lot of means, yeah, 
and it, for whatever reason, it took hold. And there's an actress by the name of Sarah Edmondson. Now, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of Sarah Edmondson? Now, that's the girl from uh, Smallville. Is that no, right? no, no. This is a different lady. Oh, okay. This is a lady. She has been in a ton of stuff. Right. Um, she's also done a lot of voice work for a lot of kids shows. Max okay. Steel. Uh, most recently, you might recognize her from some Hallmark movies. Okay. She was in Love at First Bark. Oh. She was oh, in, one of my favorites. <laughs> she was at in at home at Midford. And <laughs> what else did she do? She was uh, The Wedding March 2, Resorting oh. to Love. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the Wedding March 2 is, I mean, it's so there's much not better much, than... There's, there's not much that Hallmark movies airs that my wife doesn't see. No, so she yeah. was familiar with this okay. lady when, when this came up. She was very excited about Nexium, and in 2005, she took a bunch of classes, and she got super excited, and in 2009, she actually helped head up a, uh, a self-help center in Vancouver okay. and brought it to Canada and was super, super-duper excited about it. Yeah. Last year, somebody within the group, and it is rumored that this was Allison Mack. Now, Allison Mack is an actress who was in the show Smallville. Yeah, she played right. Chloe Sullivan. She, I don't know if it was her, but she is the one who headed up. Basically, comes up to her and says, "Hey, there's a there's another group, Ooh. <laughs> and it's a huge opportunity, but it's also super secret." Okay, and she's like, "You know, well, what's that?" And she's like, "Val, you take this Val to be this other lady." It's basically. She come to find out later that it was a pyramid scheme. Yeah, but it's a cult pyramid scheme where. Keith Ranieri is at the top, yeah, and then his the the his slave, and they use that okay. word. There, his slave uh, under that's, him. That's a touchy subject. This <laughs> was Allison Mack. All right, and then she goes out and gets other women to join this uh, okay. this secret sisterhood that was called DOS, by the way. Now, Ooh. DOS sounds for. Let me see if I can uh, look up uh, direct operating system. Or no, that's not what it stood for. It stood for Dominus Obsequious. Sequorum. Okay. That is Latin for Lord over obedient sisters or oh. female companions. Well, hey, let me just stop you right here. <laughs> yes. All right. The, here's why I will never be part of a cult. Okay. <laughs> yes. Is because it always comes back to we're going to sleep with you, woman. Right. <laughs> or, so, or you can't have sex at all. Yeah. Right. It's one yes. of those two yeah. things. Yeah. It's yeah. always going to be a sexual Someone stream else is on gonna, one yeah. side or the other. Someone else is going to be sleeping with your wife, or you can't have sex at all. Ever. Right. But as soon as like the cult leader guy's like, you know, hey, I talked to God <laughs> and he told me I need to sleep with your li- wife, I'm like, we're leaving. You know? We're leaving. <laughs> yes. All right. Because uh, no, he didn't. Yeah. No, he, he told didn't. me something right. totally different. Yeah. You know, hey, well, I was pretty clear. That's funny. God didn't tell me that. He no. said it was supposed to be just yeah, me. Right. So I'm just saying, for those of you out there, just word of warning. If you're going to a church in like a storefront or somewhere <laughs> yes. and it's got one of those nightclub names like Echo or, you know, right. whatever. And, you know, the leader's like, well, yeah, you know, God, if you want to be faithful to God, I need to I need to sleep with your wife. Then you need to just go ahead and get up and leave. <laughs> yes. you know? Well, anyway, last year, <laughs> sorry, she says that she was taken to a house. She right. was taken in a room. It was her and eight, four or five other females, and they were told to strip down. Okay. And they were told to take a vow. And she had she had been told that they were going to get tattoos. Ah. What happened was they got laid up on a massage table, and the other women would hold them down while this other lady took a cauterizing pen that's typically used in surgery and etched a symbol Ooh. on her lower hip 
Ooh. that she was told stood for the four seasons, but yeah. most people are now saying that that's actually his initials. Oh, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> he and he wasn't, he's not the one there. There was some other lady there. Yeah, right. They're, they're all being held down on a table getting this dude's initials branded on their wow. lower hips. Wow. And they just did it freehand? You know? I don't yeah, know. they just I mean, did it freehand. Also, I'd like to point out that this wasn't a brand. This was a cauterizing right. pen. A brand, a brand. You, you heat it up and you just yeah, you know, on, pop yeah, like, it on there and that's it. Yeah, a lot of African-American fraternities, they will, they'll brand this was their a, letters. Yeah. This was a 20 or 30 minute endeavor. Wow. Wow. To mark these women. I feel like his, the brand's more efficient. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I I make a recommendation too. to you, Mr. Multimillionaire Pyramid <laughs> Scheme Operator dude. Maybe she wouldn't have got so mad if they would have used to brand. Yeah, right. Because after this with. happened, you know, it was it was at this point where she is holding down another lady on a massage table, and she's the one up next. It was at this point <laughs> she, she goes, thought, wait out. a minute, this is a cult. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, now, she's still got the initials cauterized on her. She's still got the mark. But it was soon after that she left, and she went to the authorities. The authorities said they weren't going to do anything. She went to the New York Times. And October 17th of last year, they published a shocking report on Nexium and its inner sex cult called DOS, or simply referred to as The Vow by members. That's like a a name of a Hallmark movie (laughs) right there. After this happened, uh, Mr. Rainier, he up and fled. Okay. He, you know, he went he to Mexico. Went to, all right. <laughs> but after this report that was published by the New York Times, and you can go Google it and read it, it's fascinating. Yeah. I hey, assure you, I will say I have this: read it. <laughs> he should have went to Ecuador because they don't they don't uh, yes. extradite to America. By the way, <laughs> well, anyway, after this, after this, that led to a FBI investigation, and then that later led to a federal complaint that was uh, issued against uh, Mr. Keith Ranieri. And here is an article that basically summarizes the the complaint. <laughs> okay. The headline is Nexium: What We Know About Alleged Sex Trafficking and Forced Labor. Wow. Uh, on March 26th, I guess I'll just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. This man has been arrested. Okay. He was arrested on March 25th, which was right. you know a few weeks yeah, ago. A couple weeks ago. He was arrested by Mexican authorities in Puerto Vallarta. Okay. That's and he was extradited to Texas. Should have went to Ecuador. <laughs> He's now in Oklahoma. All right. He is soon to make his way back to New York, where he will stand trial. Right. Uh, Mexican authorities closed in on Keith Ranieri, co-founder of the controversial cult-like self-help group Nexium. The Albany, New York-based Nexium is, according to its website, quote, a community guided by humanitarian principles that seek to empower people and answer important questions about what it means to be human. Oh, and branding. <laughs> and branding. <laughs> he has been charged with sex trafficking and forced labor, labor conspiracy. Wow. Uh, Renair, 57. Oh, I forgot to mention this. He also took the title Vanguard. Oh. All his followers refer to him as Vanguard. Okay. And there's a every year for his birthday, there's a week-long celebration that's referred to everybody as V-Week. Uh, V-week. <laughs> it's basically a week-long party for him. All right. Yeah. He was arrested at a $10,000 a week luxury villa near Puerto Vallarta and extradited to Texas for arraignment. He did not seek bail during an initial court appearance on the 27th in Fort Worth, and he will be transported to Brooklyn this week for preliminary hearings. Hmm. On Tuesday, the FBI agents raided his home uh, and also the home of Nexium President Nancy Selzman, who is referred to by followers as Prefect, as well as another home in upstate New York. And this home belonged to Frank Parlato. Now he is a former publicist for the group. I think right. he is. He's since left. Yeah. I think he found out about DOS. Yeah, probably. And so. he was like, "Wait, uh, hey, this wait a is, minute. This is gonna get me in trouble." So you're getting all the chicks here, Vanguard? <laughs> yeah. Hello. I'm all right. I'm done. <laughs> Maybe he wouldn't share. I don't yeah. Know. Right. <laughs> here is what comes up in the complaint. 
Okay, since founding Nexium's Umbrella Group, which is uh, Executive Success Programs, or ESV, this okay. is the corporation that's yeah, over right. all the rest of it, he has allegedly maintaining a rotating cast of about 15 to 20 women that he has certain types of relationships with. Okay. And according to the complaint, all women must, re- must remain faithful to him. They're not permitted to have relationships outside of this mm. group that he's in. That's a tough one. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, this group's uh, teachings, they advocate that men must have multiple partners oh. and that women so are... they're Mormon. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry to all the Latter-day Saints out there. I'm sorry. They're like early morning. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a bad joke. Or what is it? A conservative Mormon? Yes, yes. A yeah. fun, fundamental, fundamental. Fundamentalist yeah. Mormon, yes. And also that women are supposed to remain anonymous. I mean, anonymous. I bet they wish they could. Yeah. Women are supposed to remain monogamous. And that Doss strives to help women overcome their inherent weakness and their over-emotional nature. Aww. So this is basically just uh, misogynistic. Misog- this is yeah, very, this right. is misogyny. Yeah. Just, you know, oh, textbook you misogyny. Weak little ladies need me and you can't sleep with anybody else but yes. me. But I'm, but I'm required like, to yeah, have more yeah. people. Yeah. Well, I'm Vanguard. That's, <laughs> He's, I mean, that's I'm true. the Vanguard. You guys understand. <laughs> He's the Vanguard. You know what a Vanguard do? <laughs> <laughs> Doss master slave participants allegedly thought they were joining a women's only sorority mm. and that Renair's position at the top was withheld. They didn't know that, hey, wait a minute, there's this dude who's like head of the whole yeah. thing. Uh, per the complaint, Nexium Secret Society Doss is a pyramid style organized criminal group with levels of slaves headed by masters. The document alleges that Ranieri is the singular ruling master and sole male member of Doss, and the society is rumored to have formed around 2015. The document claims that DOS slaves have to go, they have to go out and recruit more slaves. Of course. And then they become their masters. Yeah. But they all have the same master. Which is Vanguard. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was talking about. This is basically a pyramid scheme with women. Right. We also have an update on that right here because this was actually posted just a few hours before we got together in the. The brand new Earth Audio Studio. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we do have a new studio, if everybody didn't know. We don't know how permanent it is, but right now it's, it's quite cozy. It really yeah. is. Uh, she, her lawyers are invoking precedent that they say was set when someone tried to sue Scientology for oh. threatening to release embarrassing material and forcing them to work. Oh, the old Scientology defense. Right. So, okay. I mean, we'll see how that goes, but... Huh. Apparently, Max lawyers argued that precedent applies to Nexium, which is accused of threatening to release photos and embarrassing confessions if members didn't reply or didn't comply with Ranieri's request, including labor and sexual favors. Now they were charged like sex trafficking and stuff, right? That's right. They yeah, were. it was like some serious stuff. Yeah, and it says here that the courts have found that such an outcome, you know, albeit embarrassing. Does not amount to serious harm under the statute that was that was set when they tried to sue Scientology. So huh. we'll see how that goes, but it's tough. It, this, this is a case that is still being fought in court. And personally, I hope that Keith Ranieri and everyone who was involved in that gets what's coming to them. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's never good to blackmail people. Number mm-hmm. one. <laughs> But to brand them and, you know, convince them to join a cult, that's that's all pretty bad, you know? And then also, like, 
I don't know all the trafficking stuff. I don't know how that works. Right. Like, I don't know what constitutes trafficking. I don't know what constitutes trafficking of drugs, but not people. I've right. never, never got, never went down that road in life. <laughs> so I don't know how that works out. But yeah, definitely not, not a good look. No. If, if you're a former uh, Smallville actress. You know, <laughs> Absolutely. So not a good look. All right, welcome to Community News. Before we get too far into that, we want to thank our sponsor, Cajun Curl, our original sponsor. Our only, our one and yes. only sponsor. Out of all the people we know who own businesses and everything else, the only one who got on board with us that realized <laughs> the greatness that was the Earth Oddity Podcast was Cajun Curl, Bayou Blended Spice. Did it for cheap, too. Oh, I yeah. Mean, we're not asking a lot. Yeah, we're not asking anything. <laughs> Basically, you, we would plug any business you have. You know, <laughs> just ask us, you know. And, uh, and maybe we can work out a deal. But no, for real, we want to thank Cajun Curl. They've been really great to us. We know that everyone likes Cajun Curl who's tried it. Um, in fact, there was a altercation down at Vowell Supermarket here this week. Yes, uh, in fact, a man got shot, and I think it was because they were fighting over the last can of Cajun Curl. Man, <laughs> just in case you didn't know, I, well, posted, you know, I posted that on the Tuscaloosa News article that they put up. By the way, also, let, I would just like to tell everybody out there: don't fight over the last can of Cajun Curl no. because you can get it twenty four seven online at CajunCurl.com. Promo code EOP10, right. get 10% off, because we ask you to get the spice, we don't ask yes. you to pay for the price. And if you didn't know, of course, it was created on Evangeline Parish down in Louisiana. Um, it's a season that goes on everything. Wasn't it the Elm Bayou? Oh, yeah, that's right, the Elm Bayou. The new and resolute Elm Bayou. <laughs> <laughs> if you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, and since it's a new year, you get collard greens, black-eyed peas, anything oh, else people yes. eat on New Year's, or is it just collard greens and black-eyed peas? I feel hog, like that's hog it. Hog Yeah, hog jaw. All yeah. right. Yeah, and anything else you can think of putting it on. They also have their potato cutter that uh, makes potato chips, which is really awesome. It's easy to use. It's easy to clean. And you can get both it and the Cajun Curl Spice on CajunCurl.com. Um, they also have some really awesome recipes there at CajunCurl.com that you can get, um, and you can locate your nearest retailer. Now, as we said, here locally, it's available at Vowels. No need to get gunplay involved. <laughs> it's also available at South's Finest Meats or in Northport at Piggly Wiggly, which Piggly Wiggly is a great place to shop. Everybody loves Piggly Wiggly. It's competed against everybody for years, and it's still there. So, way to go, Pig. Just want to give a shout-out to Piggly Wiggly in case they want to sponsor us, too. <laughs> All of their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Girl, but you also feel patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, it's low salt, and it has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. World-famous Cajun Girl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Check them out at CajunCurl.com, and once again, use the promo code EOP10, that's the number 10, to get a 10% discount. Because while we ask you... To try the spice, we don't ask you to pay full price. That's right. So thanks again to everybody at Cajun Curl. They have a huge operation. I mean, they're distributing worldwide. They're a great company. Um, if you can get on board with them, get on board with them because they're doing good things and they're going places. 
just like this podcast is. That's why we got together. And check them out. Uh, for real, it will change your life. All right. For community news, you know what we're going to do? We are going to. What are we going to do? We're going to kick open the closet doors. Okay. And we are going to discuss the podcast. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say my past. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> Woo. I'm heart racing there a little bit. Okay. We're going to talk about uh, what we've accomplished. I would like to share a quick story. Okay. Before, when I was thinking about starting a podcast and I was like, well, I'm really not sure if I want to do it or not. I was listening to an interview with Dan Carlin. Okay. He does, he has two podcasts. One is Hardcore History mm-hmm. and the other one is common, a political podcast called Common Sense. I'm a huge fan of the Hardcore History one. Yeah. But he was talking, he said that people come up to him all the time and they're like, you know, I'm thinking about becoming a, a content creator or starting a YouTube channel, podcast or whatever. And what cause should I expect in terms of, uh, you know, success or whatever? And he just would ask the person, you know, what would you consider successful? Mm-hmm. And now maybe this is me just, you know, aiming low. Yeah. But I thought at the time, you know what, if I had 200 people, you know, every week listening to the show, I would, for me, for a nobody from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, I would consider that successful. Right. And we've, uh, We've done, well, way we've done twice that. that. Yeah, that's right. So yes. I am very excited. I would like to tell everybody that. And I'm doing the calculator here. Oh, calculator. Yes. We have a total of 52 episodes. 52. Available. A, a year's worth of episodes. <laughs> yes, a year's worth of episodes. That's right. And we actually have two feeds as well. Mm-hmm. We started on Podbean. That's right. I you were say, an early auditite. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want to say uh, maybe around June is when we were invited to, to join the Fringe Radio Network. That's right. Shout they provided out to Fringe. Us, yeah. Shout out to the Fringe. They provided us with a Spreaker feed. We have we currently have 52 episodes, and we have 16,409 de- total downloads on Spreaker. Okay. And then from our early days, we have 5,603 downloads on okay. Podbean. You add those together... We have 22,012 total downloads from both of our feeds. You divide that by 52, that averages out to roughly 423 downloads per episode. So we doubled your goal in the first year. We doubled the goal. So we're going to double that this year at least. I say this year. Let's go for a thousand. Yeah, I feel like I want a thousand downloads right. an episode. And also, if you're listening, which you should be listening, one thing you can do is uh, unsubscribe and subscribe again. You know, let's just re- <laughs> let's re-download all of those again. You know, <laughs> yeah. let's just go ahead and do that. Just a little present to us, make our numbers look better. I would say tell one person. Yeah, I and- feel like that is going to be the key to our success. Yes. You can find one person in your life. Out of every episode that you listen to, there's probably one story in there that you'd be like, hey, you know, my friend would think this is really kind of funny and let's tell them to listen to it, you know, Mm -hmm. and then we can, we will uh, expand our audience. You'll have a friend that you can make fun of us with. And I feel like that's a win-win for everybody because I don't mind if you make fun of me. I make fun of myself. So it's not going to hurt me if you and your friend at work are talking about these two stupid rednecks that are doing a (laughs) podcast. Um, but you know, I would say that it has been because in my mind, when you approach me about this and mm-hmm. I'll just be open and honest about <laughs> this, I don't, I wasn't the first person you approached, I'm pretty sure, but you came to me 
I was in a phase of my life where I was like, I'll just say yes to anything because I go through phases <laughs> oh, in my life to where I say yes to everything and I say no to everything at different times. So I got you at a good time. So you caught me at a good time. <laughs> and I, in my mind, I was like, well, we'll probably do this for a few months and then it will, you know, fizzle out because we'll we, we have lives and we have things to do. But we then, have wives. Yeah, we have wives. One of wives. which hates this. Well, my wife doesn't hate it, but she's no longer like on board. You my know? wife hates it. She doesn't listen anymore and all that. But, uh, and, and I thought, you know, we'll do it for a few months and it'll be pretty fun. And, you know, I feel like I got some pretty funny jokes I could probably say. And, um, but it's been really like very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, well, you know, if we get a few people to listen to us, that'll be great. You know, I don't think we're either one of us had any expectations that we we're going to become like rich and famous off right. of this thing. And we're still a small show. Very small. But we're larger than I thought we would be. Right. Yes. You know. Yeah. Well, well you know, we're part of like those podcast groups and people start yeah. celebrating that they've got 100 total downloads on all 10 of their episodes <laughs> right. or something. And I want to get in there and be like, yeah, well, <laughs> guess what we're doing? But I don't I don't ever say that. But because as soon as we do yeah. somebody out there who really has hit it big right. is yes. gonna come in and 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 really all i want to do each week i enjoy getting together and talking with you you yes. know i feel like our friendship has grown yeah we, we were very much acquaintances before i was about to say before yeah. when we started this we kind of knew each other yeah but we didn't but not we yeah. didn't talk you know yes. we talked in sunday school yeah right and i knew you were a funny witty guy right savory i knew yeah. you were very intelligent and funny you always <laughs> cracked me up and that was fine <laughs> But it was much like a lot of church relationships are. We didn't do anything outside of our church yeah. because we have our own lives right. that we're leading and jobs and everything else. So we've gotten a lot closer. And if that's the only thing I get out of it, that's great, <laughs> you know, because I've, I've said oftentimes as a Southern Baptist, it's hard to find people that are like me at church. You know, I'm not a big hunter. <laughs> yeah. you know? I'm not a huge Republican. I'm not a huge Democrat either before anybody sends any hate mail. Rarely do you find anybody who likes the Grateful Dead that's in the Southern Baptist community. So, uh, and not that you're a deadhead, but I'm just saying, it's just hard for me to find people that Mm -hmm. are like me. We had a Sunday school party this past Friday night. Didn't get to make it. And as I was sitting there on the couch and the guys were like, man, look at this deck. I bet that's, you know. That's ten thousand dollars in wrought iron in the yeah. rails in the composite, and I'm just like, you know, I'm not one of those guys. Yeah, right. I'm like, I, I don't, could not be more bored with that conversation right. topic. I would yeah, so much talking. rather be talking about Bigfoot right. than how much this guy's debt costs. You I, know? Like, I can imagine myself there, with it. and I would like do the cursory. Oh yeah, but that looks like a really fancy deck. And in my mind, I'm like, man, you guys are talking about a deck. Like, <laughs> this about? So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get what yeah. you're saying. So if anything, like I said, if all I've gotten is that our friendship has grown out of this, has been that's been worth it for me. Um, but I was very surprised that we have people who listen. That people like Sadie in uh, England. Who yeah. li- I mean, that blows my mind right there. <laughs> I know. Which that there's someone in on a whole another continent that's listening to us. And our, you know what? We got people in New Zealand. We do not tweet all that often. But when we do, she yeah. always likes that nice. likes that tweet nice. and star tweet. And Good. that means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's like uh, you know, England listener number one. Know. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, God bless the queen, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that I'm saying Sadie's the queen of Earth Oddity. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, right. I mean, I don't even my 
American friends think I'm trying to go back to the old ways, you know, and I'm not a, a, a red coat or whatever. What did they call the sympathizers during the Revolutionary War? What did they call them? Tories. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. It either. was something bad, I'm sure. Yeah, it was something like, it was like, it probably sounds so proper, but <laughs> yeah. like at the time, it was like the worst insult ever. <laughs> but yes, no, that blows my mind. I don't thank everybody. And like we said, just just find one friend, mm-hmm. you know, that that's not listening to it, that maybe not even, they don't even know how about podcasts, because I wasn't into podcasts before Tiny got me to doing this. Mm-hmm. And now I listen to three different podcasts. So there you go. Yeah, I've tripled my <laughs> podcast output. And, uh, would, and you, so, would you like to take a guess? What okay. is our least downloaded podcast? Ooh, out of normal episodes or special episodes? Normal episodes. Okay. It's, it's going to be, well, actually, all of our episodes. Okay. It's going to be an early one. But it's one, a normal one. Oh, an early yeah. one? I'm sure it because, you know. Episode zero. <laughs> It is not episode zero. Okay. Wow. Our least downloaded episode is episode four. Let's have a big hand for Canada, which is the episode that, that, that we just talked about. We just talked about. It was downloaded a total of 141 times oh, and you it guys was listened to twice. Out. You guys are missing out. So. <laughs> you guys are missing out. That's a good episode. But I mean, that was back when, you know, I mean, people still don't know who we are, but that was back when not even nobody the, knew who we that's were. when right. nobody knew who yes. we were. So uh, that's understandable. Yeah. I feel like uh, you know, we can we can go some places. And Would you like to take a guess at what our most high, highest downloaded episode is? Ooh, I would say the ooh, I don't know. The I would say Bigfoot Erotica. <laughs> was that it? The the original one. That episode was titled The Mating Habits of Bigfoot. Yeah. And it was it was a big one. It was downloaded 474 times and it was listened to 57 times. Okay. But so you look at 500 right there. But that's not our highest one. Oh, wow. <laughs> so wow. Our highest downloaded episode was episode 43. 49 is the new 69. Oh. <laughs> Oh, nice. For some reason. Nice. <laughs> that was the one where the guy, he wanted to legally change his name yes. and identify as 20 years younger. Yes, right. Because he was having a trouble meeting yeah, women meeting girls. on Tinder. I got you. <laughs> that episode was downloaded 575 times. Wow. And, you know, played tw- uh, 10 times. Okay. So, so you're looking at almost 600. Almost 600 listens, listens. total wow. on that one episode. So, yeah. so I mean... To me, that's very impressive. I yes. feel like we can do more and, mm-hmm. and get better. You know, uh, our new studio is probably going to launch this show into the stratosphere, anyways. Yeah, I think so. Our our digs that we got here, mm-hmm. but uh, and not naming any names, uh, but I have a, a friend on Facebook who I look up to. Uh, he told me that his first year podcasting, he had I think a total of twelve thousand downloads okay. at the end of his first year wow and we've got 22 yeah. so um you know again good. we're still a small show yeah. but i could not be happier with the audience thank y'all so much for listening yes. to us and supporting us we are happy with our results but we're going further oh yeah this 2019 this we, when the millions of listeners are coming <laughs> in that's yeah. right that's right <laughs> that's what we were told millions i probably shouldn't be hammering on that too much <laughs> really we hey I will say this about the Fringe Radio Network. They've been great to us. They, they exposed have. us to way more people than we ever could uh, or we ever were exposed to. Johnny's very active, and uh, I really think that he and I would probably get along great if we were ever to just <laughs> hang out in person. Uh, he's like a very interesting dude. 
and uh, and they've done really good by us, and we owe a lot to them. You know, I appreciate all they've done for us. You know? Yes, much and, love and, to the Fringe yeah, Radio absolutely. Network. And they got a lot of other shows that are really interesting. Mm-hmm. You guys could check them out if you want to and see what they're all about. But definitely, you know, we want you to listen to ours more than anybody else. <laughs> of <so>. course. <laughs> yeah. Just, just be straight. And like I say, when you find that one friend, and maybe they've never listened to a podcast before, and you're like, hey, I got, you should check this out. The best thing to do, just unsubscribe for your phone, show them how to do it from their phone, subscribe <laughs> back, and then you subscribe back. Then we get like double the amount of downloads. Make and, sure you're on Wi-Fi. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, you want to be on Wi-Fi. I don't care. You may have unlimited data. Do it wherever you want to. Yeah. <laughs> it's your world. Yeah, it's your world. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you ready to wrap this one yeah, up and put gotta, a bow on it? We got to go eat some chili. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us no matter where you get us, whether it's Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podcast Republic, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're on them all. If you would like to email the show, we are earthoddity at planetmail.net. Mm-hmm. If you would like to tweet at us, hey, we could tweet. You never know. Never know. It's at underscore earthoddity. Yes. Do you like pictures? Yeah. Sometimes we post pictures. Got a very active Instagram. <laughs> you can look at those on Instagram. That's right. Underscore earthoddity. I might put my Hitler picture up. <laughs> Tell you what, if we get 600 downloads on this episode, I'll put that picture up. Guys, it's worth that's it. That's a deal. <laughs> I just, I just tell you, deal. it's worth that's it. Not, that's not hard to reach right there. 600 <laughs> downloads, all right? <laughs> and we have a phone number, too. That's right. People are calling it all the time. It is 662-493-2059. What's that number again? 662-493-2059. Thank y'all so much Absolutely. again for listening to the podcast. We hope y'all have a great year. Yes. Uh, looking forward to 2019. Earth Oddity Podcast for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. <laughs>